Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Achtung, achtung. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. This is a special live edition of the pod from Chalk Valley History Festival, where we discussed the top five British blunders and successes of the war. And we got heckled by a man with a bugle. Hello, everyone. Um, uh, I see lots of our um, merchandise, but not enough. That's my first initial thought, uh, viewing this crowd. Uh, so that's pretty strong, though, isn't it? That's very that's strong. That's a doubleheader on that table. On that table, the Firefly shirt, which is in, yeah. in the olive yeah, drab, yeah, which is very yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, very and then the one with our faces on, which I keep seeing around the place. Yeah, I'm less keen on that one. When's the yeah. new, new image coming it's in? It's a much better photograph. I look so much like a baked potato on the original artwork. <laughs> I just look quiff-tastic. I just <laughs> feel a bit weird about it. Um, right, so uh, what were we gonna what were we gonna talk about? I've just been over with the garrison though. That, um, so up the other end of this this field is is the garrison who are an artillery project. Um, who uh, they're keeping Second World War art- British Second World War t- artillery alive. And I've just had the chat about the anti anti tank weapons. You met Keith. There. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah. They, and he was saying, well, what you got to remember is it's not the it's not the gun that's the weapon. Um, in uh, anti-tank munitions, it's the round. And you've got to just forget about the gun. It's the round. And, and when you look at the six-pounder, the discarding Sabo round is going a 1,000 feet per second faster than the, than the standard armoured-piercing shot. And then even the two-pounder, they put that thing on that, that squeezes the round on its way out. And that is going as quick as a six-pounder's round by the end of the war. So he's saying, just, it's, not the, it's not the gun, it's not how long the gun is, and all the sort of basically the, the phallic stuff. Um, it's what's flying out of the enormous metal penis that's important. Um, <laughs> what a horrible image. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it wasn't, wasn't wrong though, was it? No. Um, <laughs> um, but what were we going to talk about, Jim? Uh, well, um, first of all, we haven't done Act on Act on, but since oh, we're yeah. focusing on Britain today, we're going to go tally ho, tally ho. Tally ho, tally ho. Um, so we're going to do, um, you know, here we are in our, in our lovely little corner of, of, of England. Yep. Uh, and I think we should sort of focus on Britain because that's where we are today. Yep. You know, not yep. that we ever do. Um, and <laughs> and uh, I thought we could do Britain's five greatest moments in the war and Britain's probably <laughs> less it's good not, moments in the, the war. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Boy Scouts. Yeah, so it's top, top five, top five achi- sort of achievement-y, moment-y things. And then probably five big blunders, biggest blunders yeah. we might go for. Wh- which way around are we going to do it then? What do you want first, the blunders or the... Blunders Start first. Start with the blunders, okay. We okay, let's get the bad stuff out of the we way and the then we can, news, we can end on a crescendo of glory. High. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, so... Um, what's and are we going to order them as well, probably? Be quite uh, fun. Well, I think we talk about the five and then we pick an order. That's what we do. So we talk round yeah, the right. five and then we go, this was the worst. So... It's time to start. There's some sort of <laughs> last stand occurring over there that we don't know about. Um, <laughs> um, if you're listening to this in podcast form, there's a bugle the other side of the... He's finished now, isn't he? Someone shot the bu- bugler. Excellent. Right. Um, so, should we do bottom f- the, the five big blunders first? Yeah. Okay. What do you want to go with? Well, should we do it chronologically? 
Yeah, well, <laughs> they're, all, they're all based at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's basically phase one of the Second World War is allies caught with tr trousers around ankles, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, it, that's basically it. And also the Germans have been really, like, uh, getting ready, not just not just in terms of kit and stuff, but they're getting their heads around the idea of doing it, yep. and training enthusiastically for it. And there's, no, there's nothing like to get people up for a fight than telling them they're not allowed an army. If you, if you really want to get the, you know, if you really want to get the Prussian military class thinking of... He's getting closer. If you want to... <laughs> <laughs> we're being, we're being <laughs> it's, it's, it's Spike Milligan. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you ban you ban the Germans from having an army. The one thing they're going to that Germany at that time is going to really think about doing is is fighting and having one. So the, that's really what happens at the start of the war. Is the Germans have their trousers firmly up and done up, and the British have them around their ankles. Yeah, but okay. So not an awful lot happens in 1939 that you can really sort of go that was grotesquely bad. I mean. Well, Dropping not, leaflets on Wilhelm Harbour is probably not brilliant. Worrying about property damage. Um, yeah, okay, so that, that, that's quite bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> I have never been heckled by a bugle before. <laughs> I've been heckled by children. I've been heckled by farm machinery. Um, but never a bugle. So it's the first time for everything. <laughs> He's a lot better than most, though. I'll give yeah, him that. Yeah, yeah. Go on, uh, go, yeah so, so, so 1940, in, well, yeah. I don't think you can really... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Should we just get him over here? Just get it over and done with. Feel like doing the ain't, end of it ain't half hot, mum. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Soldiers back, lovely boy. Soldiers back, lovely boy. <laughs> oh dear, what a pity, never mind. Um, so, anyway. we're not allowed to talk about that though, anymore. No, not that program is uh, verboten now. It's yeah. cancelled. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> go on. Go on. So, uh, okay, so 1940, I don't think Dunkirk, you can really. You, you know, that was all the French fault, wasn't it? Well, yes, but but yes, yes, but it's not like it's not like really uh, the BF covers itself in particular glory, does well, it? I don't know. And the you deal, know, no, the, deal line, no, the deal line plan is really stupid. Yeah, I know, but that's French decision. Yeah, but why are we going along with French decisions? Why? Because well, because we... they're, they're the they're in charge. See, know, that sounds to me like a, that sounds to me like a top five blunder right there. Putting, putting the French, putting the French, French well, you in charge. I think we've that, picked our absolute number one. But, blunder. but how many? You know, how many divisions have they got, and how many have we got? Um, they've oh, got one hundred and five. We've got yeah. ten. Yeah. You know, yeah. Belgium's got fifteen. Holland's got twenty. Yeah. You know. Anyway, all right, okay. So you're you're saying the Battle of France it doesn't go one hundred percent to plan, obviously. Doesn't, but, doesn't but, count as a. British blunder. Well, it does count as a British blunder, but I wouldn't say that's in the top five all British right, okay, blunders. All right, okay. You know, when they get all the men off. All right, okay. Right. 338,000, you know. All right, okay. You know, wars yeah. aren't won by retreats, but... No, I mean, you know, the Germans can't defeat you if you're not there. It's as simple as that. I think you could argue a blunder is putting all the Royal Navy down in the southeast of England in the summer of 1940. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's not that smart. And, you know, yeah. Charles, Admiral Charles Forms... Forbes, C&C of the Home Fleet, he's suggesting yeah. that actually we don't need to do that, and he's overruled, isn't he? Yeah. That's him being overruled right now. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, yeah, so, all right, so, so... Oh, God, just squeeze one last one out. So, that's, but, okay, so... So, all right, well, we're, we're, we're what? So, 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 we're you know, nine months into the war now, and we haven't made an error. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 
no, I'm saying we made errors. We just. <laughs> well, he might do, but only if he comes to our stage. But yeah, so we're just you know what we're gonna have to do, James. We're, we're gonna, just gonna have, have to, to ride we're just over gonna have it. to endure it, like in 1940. Yeah, <laughs> oh, obviously we, lots and lots of errors, but 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 I wouldn't say that they're in the top five of okay. time errors. Right. So, but but you know, I think I think the the kind of keeping the home fleet in the southeast of England is is yep. potentially one, um, because as a result of that, the U-boats had their first happy time. Yeah, unescorted convoys, all yep. the rest of it. Yeah, and it didn't need to be that way. And okay, so. Let, let's make our way th into the okay, autumn. Okay, so then autumn... Well, Battle of Britain was pretty successful, wasn't it? Well, yeah, you say that, right? <laughs> well, I do say that, yeah. Yeah, but um, here's, a th here's a thought. Sea Lion can never work. So what's the point? <laughs> so is the Battle of Britain a critical victory if Sea Lion can never work? Ooh. No, it isn't. Right, because if they try sea line, it won't work. So it doesn't matter that the outcome of the Battle of Britain is essentially no, no, irrelevant no, no, no. because sea line can never work. No, 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 no. no I've got no, him here. He hasn't heard no, this no, one no, before. No, 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 no. Okay, come straight out of left, left. This is. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Though? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. But it still absolutely hammers the Luftwaffe. The Luftwaffe yeah. have less planes in June 1941 on the eve of Barbarossa than they yeah, do I knew you were on the 10th that. of May, your birthday, yeah. 19. Yeah, 40, that, obviously not that, that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So the, the kicking the Luftwaffe takes, but but also it, is it totally disrupts Hitler's war plans. Yeah, because the whole point is the whole way the German war machine is set up is to have quick victories in yeah. a fortnight or a couple of weeks or six weeks or yeah. you know a couple of months or something like that, and then you then you win, um, and then then eventually you can turn to the Soviet Union, have your Lebensraum, and take over the world. More ha ha. Yeah, but you can't. You're being hustled into that because Britain's still there. So it's like, damn, that doesn't work because hovering in the background is the United States of America with all their industrial potential, et cetera, et cetera, manpower, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we need to turn back and, and hit them. And we can't because we haven't got... Um, so you're going to have to kind of, you know, you're going to have to... Uh, um, so from Hitler's point of view, he's, he's having to turn to... Oh, he wobbled then. You're going to have to turn into the Soviet Union far earlier than you were ever going to because you've yeah. still got Britain in the war. and. Yeah. United States and your, in the background. And your economy's running hot. All that. Um, uh, their empire's they, costing them more to run than it was. I mean, the interesting thing is, is the, Ger the, the, you know, the, the German European empire, Western European empire, the economy collapses completely. So before, before the war starts, the whole of Europe is much more productive economically. And the moment Germany disrupts everyone's economies yeah. by invading them, the economy basically completely falls in on itself. And France goes, France goes from being pretty buoyant to just... Yep. falling on its arse and, and the Germans aren't able to get the French to build things for them and well that's because they nick all their cars yeah, and nick all nick, their fuel they, they, they and nick all their money exactly. and nick all their coal they and everything help themselves so they can't do yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The, so the Germans are like kids in sweet shops and um, you know the larder is bare by Christmas 1940 yeah. Yeah. so what do you do so you've got to go into the Soviet Union earlier yeah. with you know yeah. So I, I think the Battle of Britain is really important for that but I'm kind of you yeah, know, potentially eating affect, my own sandwiches for later on it doesn't affect sea lion because Sea Lion was going to fail anyway. That's the point I'm making. See, he's just got not, uh, not going to answer to this one. I'm feeling moderately pleased with myself, but I didn't come up with this. I was collared by somebody who said, try this one on James later. <laughs> 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 no, the gentleman there waving. It was his, yeah, his idea. There we go. Um, anyway, right, so... so <laughs> I'll, I'll return to that but let's shortly. Get into, so let's get into Blunderland yeah, 19, here, right? So 1941, which is strewn with... Um, uh, Great British victories. 
Ethiopia, East Africa. Yeah, I mean all the big Western st- Desert Falls, all the big you know. stuff, all the like really important uh, yeah, theatres. You know, yeah, Battle of Atlantic, Crete. Of the yeah, Crete. Right, yeah, okay. Crete's not good. Crete. Crete, Crete's, Crete's really bad. Crete is absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be in the top five. Diabolical, right up there. And one of the thi- one of the things I think is really interesting about Crete, and we, you know, we talked. To, if you're listeners, you know, we talked about this quite recently. One of the things that obviously I think a top five, someone in their top five might say ultra, right? Ultra's in the top five British things. I I think the the intelligence picture is so much more mixed than that. After all, fall of France, the the Germans get their hands on the RAF's code books, the Army's code books. They've cracked the Navy's cipher. And the British realise that they can't build enough um, ciphering machines, Typex machines, to remedy this. So they carry on just knowing that their ciphers are blown. Yeah. And there ain't nothing they can do about it. And yeah, that, that's, that's, that's got to be in the, I mean, that's, right up there. So, so, so if, you're, if, if your view of the intelligence picture is, oh, you know, we, thanks to the Colossus, uh, we, we had cracked ultra. Enigma and we industrialised Codebreaker. Well, actually, things, things were really, really, really bad and porous... And then, of course, later on in the war, um, the Germans go on and on about how how slack um, uh, we are with our radio um, uh, drills, and that they yep. can listen to everything, and everything's being talked about on Rommel open, gets open that, comms. That, they, that exactly. Big one in the exactly. Country, yeah. So I think, but but I think the other thing the other thing that's interesting about Crete regarding Ultra is they know everything that's going to happen and still completely screw it up. Yeah, it's even it, and it's like a, and it, it fits in the story of Ultra telling you everything the Germans are going to do, their intentions, their deployments, everything that's going to happen, the whole plan, the whole thing, and even knowing that, they you, still lose. You screw up, and you outnumber the other side three to one, and you screw up that royally. And I think, I mean, we haven't ranked these yet, but you're probably getting my vibe on Crete here. What a mess they make of that, and how yeah. what a, it's such a simple thing. It's a great right from the top, from Wavell down to Freiburg, yeah. down to Hargist. You know, hold on to the airfield. Yeah. Okay, that's all you've got to do. It's not that hard when you've got forty-two thousand men and you've only been attacked by eight thousand or whatever. Yeah, it should be possible. It's obvious. I mean, it's obvious to defend the airfield anyway. That doesn't give your ultra away. Anyway, so Crete. There, there's a we, we agreed on that. That's a proper Allied blunder of the. Freiburg was a great bloke. He could bloody swim. He was a really bloody great bloke. Bloody great bloke. Yeah, but, but a bloody great bloke. <laughs> he's a Duke, so he's Really, fine. really great swimmer. Really good at swimming. Um, yeah, he's a Duke. He's Duke. he's Duke. He's Duke. So he's Duke. He's Duke. Yeah. Those of you who know the acronym that, we've, that we're trying to force into historical parlance. And eventually... Invented by Al Murray. Yeah, Dominions, UK, Empire. Duke. No, I'm just trying to give you full and, credit. And you put an X on the end. Duke X for Exiles. And I will... Make a historian use that in a book. Mm. I might be stood not that far from him. (laughs) (laughs) COVID compliant uh, pressure being applied there. (laughs) A word I like to call, you know, a term I like to call Duke. Duke. Right, so Crete. So so that that definitely goes into our sort of, um, uh, that's a a proper blunt. Everything we've been talking so far is missteps and possibly uh, yeah. half-baked decision-making. But that's a, that's a, like, you have a situation here where you really shouldn't cock it up and you completely do. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, okay. So I mean, you could say, does it really matter? But, but yeah. yeah. It does matter. It does matter because your army's getting in its head. It can't beat the Germans. And yeah. that, that, it, that is as important as anything else, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with right, okay, I'm good, happy right, okay, great. Great. okay, what, what else then? Uh, well, 1941 doesn't end very well, does it? Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pearl Harbor, and I know it's Americans, but, but you know, Hong Kong and 
Hong Kong. Hong Kong on Christmas Day, isn't it? And yeah. then and then obviously, you know, the big one, Malaya, yep. Singapore, yep. Burma, in Burma. quick succession in the early part of 1942. You know, not, first half of 1942 is not great. No. Oh, I'll tell you what, another one from 1941, I, I would argue, is also is the, is the failure to properly defend Malta in 1941. I know they do defend it, but, but the lack of spitfires on is Malta, it, I think, is a bad error. Are you about to say Hugh Pugh Lloyd? And do you know who I'd really like to point the finger about for that? <laughs> is the Air Officer Commanding, Air Vice Marshal Hugh P. Lloyd. Uh, now, I mean, it's just, it is woeful. It's really bad because, it, it's, it's, you know, I do think Malta is, is strategically important. Um, I took mild issue with Max's take on this this morning that, that you know, didn't, you know, he was saying that, that Malta is more important now that we know what we know now, but wasn't at the time particularly. But I think, really? or, or maybe he was saying it the other way around. But anyway... Uh, um, the, the point was... That Malta for Malta. Malta for Malta, exactly. Yeah. But, but I think Malta would have really, really changed the, the picture in 1941. If, if, if the Luftwaffe had come over with the, um, the Regia Aeronautica, the Italian Air Force, and, and been trounced by the RAF on Malta, which could have been entirely possible. So a second, a second mauling, as it were. Yeah, 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 in an air battle. I think that would have, that would have really changed the map in, in the Mediterranean. And that would have forced Germany to do one of two things, either massively resupply the Mediterranean, which they couldn't afford to do because they're going into Barbarossa. Yeah. Or, well, they couldn't do it. So yeah, I think it would have been... I think that, would have, decide, that would have been... Actually a decisive... Yeah, I think it probably would have been. I, right. I, and I think that would have kind of, sort of wrapped things up quite quicker, a lot quicker. Really? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Gosh. So You know, and that's all because, you know, someone who is in charge of... Of the of the air effort on Malta isn't requesting Spitfires when there's zillions of Spitfires available, and they're getting hurricanes over, which, for all its brilliance, can't climb very fast. And the one thing you need on Malta is a plane that will climb fast, so that it can intercept fighter planes and bombers coming from Sicily, 60 miles away, before yeah. they reach the island. It's so simple and it's yeah. so obvious, and I just cannot understand how they couldn't get that. But is this not? Is this not, uh, you've got to defend the UK primarily? Yeah, yeah but, but they're not defending it. They're, they're, they're doing rhubarbs and going on these fighter sweeps into France and just slaughtering lots of... Yeah, so that, I, that's also... I, I would get all in one one, one, one The thing. misapplication of the misapplication UK's fighter of, strength. Yes. In 1941, I think, right. is, is really woeful. Okay. And, I, and, you know, I blame Sholto Douglas and I, and I blame Lee Mannery, brother of the more famous John. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I, so and I you, blame Hugh P. Lloyd. Are you adding that... Is that... So well, that's going along. So, so it's that's a potential one. So it's you know, the Mediterranean, that, really, where where it's all going tits up. Bit, but I think I think it's, it, but, but I think it's sort of yes. But but I think I think you can sort of narrow it down a bit. Now I would say that um, the, the the retreat in Burma um, and the blowing up blowing the bridge on the Sitang River yeah. before everyone has got across the Sitang. Yeah, River, that's not great. Um, rates is one of my top blunders. That 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 that. People are just not talking to each other no. at that point. There's that massive, there's a big panic on. Yeah. It's a route, really. Yeah. And Abda. then it's just not, yeah. It's not fit for purpose. Yeah. And then, and then to then add that mistake. And Singapore is just a gargantuan cock up, isn't it? You know, they've just completely underestimated the Japanese. They don't realise. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Had they known that they were going to be so brutal of all the prisoners and all the rest of it, would they have given up so easily? But even if they knew that and they wouldn't have given up so easily, that's still no excuse, is it? Because there's no excuse for giving up easily. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Uh, again, uh, Jonathan Fennell's talk yesterday, where he had the, he had the, the quote, which, which is, the Japanese soldier is prepared to die. Our men aren't. The Duke... The Duke men are not prepared to die. 
Um, the Jap how do we get our men to give their lives more dearly? Which is as, as a sort of... Uh, is is a and they're not talking about Japanese supermen, which is the sort of uh, which is the which is the the conception that's sort of doing rap, the rap, the popular rounds. But the army thinking about what to do, reflecting what doing is is saying we need to find a way to mobilise yeah. people, and they're not motivated. They, I mean, I always think once you're east of Suez, mobilising uh, Duke soldiers to to fight for the empire, because that's what they're doing east of Suez. They're fighting they're fighting for the empire. If you're fighting. Japan, it's an imperial. That's the imperial war, yeah. rather than the sort of the European struggle. Once you're east of Suez, how do you mobilise anybody? How do you motivate people? Uh, and they're a polyglot force anyway. Aren't well, they? I know they are, but, uh, and, but, and badly yeah. trained, and there's lots of Indian troops yeah. as well as British and Australians and all the rest of it. And they're they're, they're badly equipped. They're badly trained. Yeah, the commanders are kind of sort of B list. Yeah, they're kind of sort of military governors rather than kind of proper, you know, combat generals. Yeah. And they've just woefully underestimated the Japanese, who they look down their noses at and, and yeah. kind of think are racially inferior and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, you know, that I mean, was, it's a that turnabout wasn't uncommon then. But I mean, they, it's a, but it's a bad because they mistake. go from thinking they're inferior to then thinking they're supermen. So it's yes. like make your minds up. Yeah, I mean, which it, are it's, they? It's 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 a it's a really bad cock up. Okay, so so I think we got we got we've got four there now. We've got so we've got Crete. We've got the lack of defence of Malta and application of fighter. Yeah, so let's just call it Malta. Um, Burma, Singapore. Yeah, and then and then we've got what I think is the nadir of the British Army in in the West, which is Gazala Stroke Tobruk, Tobruk. Fall of Tobruk, which right. is just it's just really really bad. And that is, you know, that's Auchinleck kind of having too big a, a command, the Middle East command. It goes all the way into sort of Iraq and yeah. Iran and all the rest of it. I mean, it's absolutely vast, and he's sort of scrabbling at trying to kind of work out what tactics they need to defeat the Deutsche Afrika Corps, which is pretty tiny anyway. Gazala's just terrible. Uh, and, and Richie has been bumped up from being, you know, an administrator at, at headquarters at GHQ in Cairo to suddenly thrust into the middle of a, of a Why? battle. Why? Is he a good chap? Does he know the right people? He is a good chap. He's a, he's a really good kind of, you know, desk jockey. Uh, and he's been very good as his deputy. And so basically he's... He, the, the idea behind Orkinet's thinking is is that... Richie is his man. He can control him, and, and he can just steer it out there. But, yeah. but really, the reins are being held by right. by Orkinlet. But of course, they're not because it's a desert and it's miles away. And you know, this is there's no WhatsApp group in those days, and and so on. And so, <laughs> you, you know, he can't control him quite as easily. And Richie just doesn't have the respect of of those core commanders, yeah. which are multinational, which are Duke, yeah. and. Um, they all start squabbling and they all start kind of disagreeing with each other and they, they, and they faff. They, they just faff so badly. That's why they lose. I mean, they should just... It's a, it's a situation that should just never, ever have been lost. The battle plan was terrible. Should have reinforced the brook. That would have been yeah. enough. Uh, um, uh, and it, but even by having... Creating the Gazala line with all those boxes and stuff, that should have been more than enough. Yeah. I mean, the Africa Corps goes round the back. The Italians are kind of hammering at the South Africans and the Australians at the top. Um, but the Africa Corps goes round the bottom, between the bottom and, and the free French at Birhak. I mean, politically, that's not clever either because there's a kind yeah. of 14-mile gap. Yeah. You know, so that's just bad. But the Germans have also penetrated all the signals and know, and yeah, know, what, know th what the British they do. They, yeah, absolutely. But that shouldn't be a problem because there's a mobile reserve behind, the 7th Armoured Division yeah. behind, and they get in and they get sandwiched. They get sandwiched between the boxes, you know, an anvil and a hammer. Yeah. And the hammer should be, you know, the armoured... The, the mobile troops yeah. and the and the anvil is is the boxes. It doesn't matter which direction your your box is facing. It's still a yeah. box and it's still surrounded by mines and wire and all the rest of it and guns and blah 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 and 
machine guns and mortars and all the rest of it, and that should be more than enough. And the reason they don't destroy them is because they faff around. They just can't make up their minds and no one acts. And, it, you know, they're, and they're, they're D-list commanders, major generals and stuff. They're just people who are just not up to it. And, and it's a really, really bad moment. Right. So, the other so I've, I, that would be 100% in my top five. Okay, put it in your top five. Right, so, so that's 1942. Then after that, brilliant. Everything, everything's rosy off. Well, well no, Dodecanese. You know, yeah, Dodecanese, 1943, what, anything? Yeah, yeah, Dodecanese is a, is a kind of sort of, again, that's a major blip, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the thinking behind it's quite a good one because if you can get through there, then you can get up and, you know, you can get into Black Sea and you can, you know, you pop, can... Pop things open that way. Yeah, you don't have the Arctic convoys anymore. That's yeah. a good thing. You know, it's helpful yeah. to the Soviets and blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, that's all, that's all quite a good idea. The problem is the Americans just go, do you know what, we just haven't got enough kit to do this. Yeah. That's too far away. You know, it's not self-supporting enough. We're out. You know, let's, yeah. if we're going to go into Italy, let's go to Italy. But let's not faff around in the Eastern yeah. Mediterranean. And it just feels like kind of post-war stuff that you're doing here, rather than the case in hand. Yeah. And the British sort of go, no, 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 no. We must do it. We must do it. It's going to be an easy victory. And it isn't because before they've even started, Rhodes falls. Yeah. Because this is post September the eighth. This is post the, the Italian armistice. The idea is that you take sort of Leros Kos and Rhodes particularly and Simi and these little yeah. islands all around there, you know, next to next to Turkey. And um uh, and and it's just a it's just a complete this fiasco. Is, this is Churchill, right, isn't it? Um saying we, we ought yeah. to do this and being a bit in love with the idea of yes. Greece and yes. and helping the Greeks and all some that. sort of some sort of historic affection for the idea of right. Of Greece and all, and actually all that not particularly hard-headed. Yes, and also so the the basic principle behind Gallipoli in the first place was sound. It's just it didn't yeah. kind of work out. So this is the opportunity to prove it right. You know, yeah. Black Sea is actually a lifeline. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, but it, but it's just someone should have pulled the plug out on that one a lot when, earlier. When was the Shan Horse Channel run? We've we've left that out. British fiascos. Yeah. Prince yeah, Eugen. Yeah. When was that? Forty-two. Forty-two. So, okay, we're gonna add that into our blunders just quickly um i mean you know we don't talk about the navy though do we on this podcast ever so we could we but could when we on. do we praise them yeah of course so that but that was a complete cock-up as well <laughs> um uh uh okay so that's 43 44 something really i mean we're going forward aren't we i mean i suppose you could you could argue about anzio but i wouldn't argue that didn't get to con on the fir- on d-day though james what we didn't get to con on d-day james yeah, don't worry Come about on. that. Come on. I, worry I, I know I'm all. here in my Carlo Deste cosplay. No, nah, don't worry about um, Con at all. You know. <laughs> so out of reach of what was possible. You know, it'd be great, but, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, um, I'm, I'm, then, I'm dismissing that one. All right, and then 1945. Anything? Well, hang on, hang on a bit. What about on? Uh, we're not on talking on. about Arnhem. That was <laughs> totally... No, that was 90% successful. Uh, I don't want to be bounced into talking about Arnhem. Uh, ever again. But well, then it was plain sailing. It was only going forward, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're done. Okay, so those... So Anything else? Any, any, any other suggestions? Dieppe. Norway. Norway. Well, you know, naval victory. Naval victory. The Shelt. Ignoring the Shelt. No, 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 no. I'm not having that. I'm not having ignoring the Shelt. They knew about the Shelt, but, you know, you've only got so many men. You've got, a, you know, you've got this chance of this, this strike to get around the Seafried line, get over the northern bit, you know, a strike in victory by Christmas. You've got an allied um, uh, airborne army. Go for it. But that, you can't do everything. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for Market Garden. Okay, well, who, yeah, who'd ever thought know. I'd end up being the one lukewarm about Market Garden? Um, <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought it? <laughs> um, back me up here. Okay. Any, any, any more? The, the Arakan offences. Yeah, the first two Arakan offences are, 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 
Yeah, oh, God, we haven't done that. We haven't done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no I'm going to go, yeah, absolutely. And actually, when I was scribbling down a few thoughts earlier on, the Arakan Offensive of 1942, end of 1942, beginning of 1943, was right up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for reminding me about that one. Yeah, absolutely. That would be in my top five. Okay. That's terrible. Any more? Uh, uh, General Any more? Noel Irwin going in there, battering it, trying to use European tactics against the Japanese yeah. in, in, the, in the jungle of, of, of what is now Rohingya State. Yeah. yeah. Another one? Airborne at Husky. Mm, that's bad, isn't it? But, I mean, you know, is that a top yeah, five blunder? Well, no. It's I mean, that's the other way of flipping it, it is saying it's a very important uh, set of lessons to be applied to D-Day, which gets you off the hook for an awful lot of Allied mistakes. Going, How are we doing well, the time? Important lessons were learned as a result of that to complete balls up. Um, chiefly, not to balls up again. Um, <laughs> you know, Dieppe, 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 someone said Dieppe, you know, Dieppe's hauled out as the... It's the fortuitous balls up, isn't it? Thank God we cocked that up or we wouldn't learn any lessons. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have, well, we'd have ended up we'd have trying to cross the Padacana. What I want, what Perkins, is you to get up in a kite right now, go over Germany and not come back. What we need at this stage of the war is a futile gesture. Very good, sir. Exactly. Consider it done. <laughs> Can I just say so? It's been lovely knowing you. <laughs> Um, is it au revoir? No, Perkins. <laughs> it's adieu. <laughs> it's goodbye. <laughs> um, uh, um, so, so I think we're there, are we? Our top five? Yeah, any, any, any more for any more? Well, well, what, about, what about the misapplication of air power in 1941? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right, so we are talking. I seem to remember I spent quite a lot of time talking about that we're one. <laughs> so we're talking, we're talking um, Crete. Yeah, that's the top five. Tobruk, Gazala. 100% for me. Uh, first Arakan offensive, Singapore and Malaya, Singapore, and Burma, Malaya all in one. Yeah, all in one. So, so the, the I mean, you could just have them as three, but I yeah, think the, we the, yeah. So the, the basically response to the Japanese offences of ninety. Then we got one to go, and then Dodecanese, Malta, Malta, Malta. Yeah, Malta. Yeah, Malta. There we go. Okay, so okay, those are our five. Because Dodecanese is a, is a cock up and it's bad and all it's the rest a side of it. Show. But it's it doesn't really affect anything, does it? Top five from 1939 th um, to 1945, then? Uh, Allied success. Battle of Britain, Battle of the Atlantic, D-Day, um, strategic air offensive. Strategic air offensive. Yeah. Controversial. Um, but quite strong. Yeah. That's my top five. So, okay, so what was the first well, one? Battle of Britain. Well, we, we, I've, already thrown, I've already thrown sand, dirt in there. No, but it completely, it completely changes the strategic picture. Totally, totally, totally. It's, it's the first big bloody nose against Nazi Germany, and that's a good thing, obviously. It Does completely he... forces Hitler to go into the Soviet Union with catastrophic results earlier than he was planning. Does it change it, or does it um, make it apparent? No, it changes it, because you've got to have that engagement to make that happen. You've still, you've still got to have the, you know, the, the RAF in, in 1940, in the summer of 1940, is not the, you know, the final, final kind of last chance against the Nazi war machine, it's the first, but, but you've still got to defeat it. Right. You've still got to give the Luftwaffe a bloody nose, who've been running roughshod up until that point over absolutely everybody, with the possible exception of the air battle for Dunkirk. Yeah. But... but well, and the losses to, to, to their transport wing with their airborne operations that have all gone well, wrong. Yeah, that as well. But, but you know, the Battle of Britain is, is a game-changer. I you know, Churchill says, you know, Hitler knows he must conquer these islands or lose the war, and he's absolutely right. Yeah, but but it, all the 
what I'm trying to say is that it, it doesn't matter because he was never going to do it no, anyway. No, well, maybe, but it doesn't change the game. It makes it clear what the game is. All right. Okay. Rather than changing the game, it, 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 it points out to the, to the Germans actually the situation they're in rather than changes the situation they're in. It underlines it. It delineates it. Um, no, uh, I, f I, f I think it's more than that. I really do. Because I, f I, f I think the Luftwaffe is, is so kind of on cloud nine by the end of the French campaign. Yeah. Uh, and I, th I think it, it to the world as well. I think I think they just feel this is this is all conquering war machine. Yeah. And this is the first time that they get stopped in their tracks. And I think it's really important. And, and, and you know, we're talking about psychological factor as well. I think the importance of defeating the Luftwaffe over British skies yeah. is is really really important. I think you know you can't sort of have them running roughshod and landing in in the UK and then expecting the navy to do all its work and uh, which it would have done. But it, yeah. but but. Already in the mind's eye of, of the of the nation of the world, you know that's already a big, massive dent. You know psychologically, they've, they, well, poli they so won. politically, 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 I think it would have been catastrophic. So in the, right, okay, all right, okay. So Battle of Britain. So that's my defense of that okay. accusation. Okay. Right. Well, it's not an accusation. I'm just, just trying to trying to tease it out. You know, just anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> so what was number two? Battle of the Atlantic. Battle of the Atlantic. Well, that's as. As I think you know, you and I are, are one on this. That that is the most important um, campaign of the entire Second World War because of so much traffic flying through it. You know, whether you you know that affects the Pacific War as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, from Britain's sovereignty point of view, mm. the ability to kind of win in in Europe, Britain's well, survival is absolutely essential. Well, because, and, and because essential it, to that is the Battle of the Atlantic. Because everything everything the Allies do is amphibious. Yes. Absolutely, everything, everything, they're, ever, everything they're ever doing is an amphibious operation, yes. one way, one way or another. Absolutely. Um, so even when they're even when they're deep into Belgium, that is an it's essentially an amphibious operation because it's got to be supplied um, from America and the UK. Yeah. So effectively, everything they're doing is is down to naval power. Yeah, and and you know by May nineteen forty, although the Battle of the Atlantic is not, you know, the U-boat force is not defeated until May nineteen forty three. By May 1941, the Allies have gone to a position where they're not going to lose the Battle of the Atlantic. Yeah. They're just simply not. You know, the numbers, the, the advances in technology, the, the amount that the British are putting into winning the Battle of the Atlantic in that early stage of the war, at the, potentially at the cost of other, other aspects of the war. But at that point, you know, they are... The Germans are simply not going to win. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just the effort that the British and, and Canadians are putting into the Battle of the Atlantic. It's also... What the Germans are not doing, yeah. you know, and I do remember reading this this report by um, General Wallemont, who is the the um, man in charge of plans at the OKW, you know, the uh, general staff of the of the um, German armed forces. And he's saying in a report in May nine, I think it's like April nineteen forty two, he's saying, you know, we we think that the Battle of the Atlantic and the Mediterranean are of equal significance, and they're just not, you yeah. know, and, that, and uh, you know that is why they're losing because yeah. they don't understand what's most important to them. Yeah. Because they're a continental power, and nothing, and nothing they do, nothing they do is amphibious. Right, exactly. As opposed to everything, and and, and, and Hitler is complete landlubber, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of the interesting things I mean, we were talking about the, the the code breaking thing is that by by forty three, because the British know that the, the Germans have cracked their naval ciphers, they're directing U boats essentially to convoys, yeah. and saying there's a convoy here, and directing the wolf packs to the to the convoys. So they can attack the wolf packs, yeah, and that that's that's the state of dominance um, yes. in 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 the Battle of the Atlantic. That not only have you got the means to attack them, 
that, that you've got the intelligence and the SIGINT and everything to direct the, the, the U-boats to where you want them so you can destroy them. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, 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 that's winning. That's um, fighting the battle completely on your terms. Absolutely. And, and, and the Battle of the Atlantic, although there is this brief moment in the summer of 1942 through to the kind of Pearl Harbor, where the Americans have the Atlantic fleet and they're helping out, basically it's, it's, it's a Duke operation. It's, well, basically it's a British and Canadian well, operation. Well, how big the Canadian Navy? Uh, here we go. I love this stat. How big is the Canadian Navy at the start of the war? It's like tiny, tiny, tiny. It's so like six ships. Or and something. how many is it at the end of the war? Four hundred or something. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. Isn't it? It's, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. The Canadians, hundred percent, punch above their weight. I mean, yeah. they, they are absolutely remarkable. Eighty-six percent of volunteers, I think. Yeah. You know, it's 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 an incredible effort. And what they do, and they do in these crappy little corvettes and frigates, and you know second-hand destroyers and all the rest of it is yeah. absolutely remarkable. And they're, they're almost operating in the kind of worst part of the Atlantic as well, on that kind of sort of eastern, uh, that western side of it, uh, of North America. You yeah. know, that is the cruel sea of, of Nicholas Montserrat and all the rest of it. Um, and they're unbelievably stoic, and they learn incredibly quickly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they just play second fiddle to the British, the Royal Navy, because the Royal Navy are kind of, you know, it's Great Big Britain and, you know, top dogs and all the rest of it. But what Britain is doing is, is providing for the most part, the, the technical know-how, you know, the, the, the hedgehogs, the improvements in ASDIC, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. The, the, um, and I suppose the Americans are playing an important part in those VLR liberators, closing the air gap and all yeah. the rest of it. But the reason you have the second happy time is because the Americans, when they enter the war, don't have a convoy system. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the U-boats are on the far side of the Atlantic in the first place is a sign of weakness because yeah. they've been forced over there because they're yeah. getting trounced they, 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 in they, the middle of the Atlantic yeah. and on the western yeah. approaches. You know, that's already been cut off to them. So, you know, and that, that happens, doesn't happen by May 1941, but, but, but the defeats at the Kriegsmarine, the German Navy, are suffering by the end of May 1941 are so significant yeah. that they're just not going to recover and they're just not prioritising enough. They're not putting that... that R&D, that research and development, yeah. into it in the same way that Britain is, because Britain recognises that this is the number one yeah. theatre for them. Okay, so uh, then what was after, was it was it Sicily? No. No, no, I mean, you've, I've just given you a chance to plug your book. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's out in paperback, actually, in, <laughs> oh, in, in all good bookshops, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh really? It's, it's yeah, in yeah, your yeah. email header, so... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I've never done that before, but I thought, you know, I've got told off for not being punchy enough. <laughs> right, so, now, so, so not just Sicily. in case you forget. In case I ever forget, yeah. Um, what was so what else? Sicily forty three out now. Yeah. <laughs> the audio book's better. I'm incredibly um, proud the, of uh, the, flying the flag for a great Britain. Okay. Oh, God, don't, don't. It's so funny. Um, go on. Uh, <laughs> was really funny. Wasn't uh, so, um, uh, uh. so not what was next? Um, I just want to fly the flag for Great Britain a bit more. Yeah, I just want to fly the flag for, <laughs> for TGB. Do you, do you, have you heard that? No, we, I don't think we put it out yet. We haven't put it out yet. When we met the Red <laughs> Arrows. literally the funniest thing ever. It's the, so funny. We'll never be invited again. We'll never be invited again. But the, the bloke doing the narrative. So we watched the Red Arrows rehearse, sort of over there. Um, uh, and Final dress rehearsal before the season Final began. dress rehearsal before the season begins. And we're given the the the, the check. The, I normally fly number nine, red ten, but red ten. I normally red ten, uh, but unfortunately, kites out of commission, right? And you know what? Pilots look like you know you know pilots look like pilots. And he sort of two pilots came in today actually. Yeah, they did. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 like, you, your pilots. Pilot, pilot, how do you know? We haven't even got the. Yeah, they're, they're real like oh, pilot chaps, and uh, they just look, they look permanently brown. Yeah, and and there's a sort of, they're sort of sinewy, aren't they? And their eyes are like focused 
like eight miles away yeah. as well. <laughs> like, like a hawk. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and he goes, <laughs> it was he's giving us a really commentary. So, so, and what was really funny is you, could, <laughs> you couldn't break him with banter. So he's going, <laughs> I said, so, uh, <laughs> do you call yourself a red arrow? Uh, yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I'm a red turn. Red turn, red turn. <laughs> I'm red turn. I am a red arrow. Yeah, I said I must be. If you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to pull, that must be really fantastic. Yes, I'm happily married. Thank you very much. But yes, of course, it is a most useful <laughs> in my bachelor days. <laughs> but but the, kept, best bit. the best bit is he kept saying, "Flying the flag for Great Britain." Well, flying the flag for Great Britain, and uh, it's a massive privilege. Um, so I said, so well, you know, so, so you know, where saying, are you flying the flag for Great Britain? Well, you know, lots of overseas, you know, um, uh, displays. So, so how often, you know, as a percentage, how, how often are you flying overseas? Well, we fly twice. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but it's a great privilege. It's a great privilege to fly a flag for Great Britain. Um, yeah, we won't get asked back. But it was, it was really funny. It was truly amazing. We had a fantastic day, so we're being yeah, really yeah. mean. And they, um, yeah, we they, are. They were absolutely lovely. Yeah, and, they, and they, they, they get given the red uniforms when they signed off as, as uh, yeah. display content. I'll have drab up, up to then. up to then, yeah. And then they become red arrows. And the ground crew in blue. Yeah, the brown, ground crew in bright blue. So if you see a red arrow plane going by and the guy's wearing bright, bright blue, the mechanic's flying it, is what that means. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Fly um, the flag for GB. We fly the flag for Great Britain, yeah. Um, anyway, so where were we? Twice. So we've done, um, we've done Atlantic and I've pushed hard for Battle of Britain. Yeah. D-Day. 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 Frickin' A. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know, I know we all think it's... You know, Americans jumping out of landing craft on Omaha Beach. But, you know, all three service chiefs, two-thirds of the Air Force. Basically all the, all the naval force. Basically. 892 out of 1,213 warships, Royal Navy. 3,126 out of 4,027 landing craft, British. Yeah. Yep. Well, and also, the heavy metal... Just a, the heavy metal, a few stats. The heavy metal is the British end yep. of the lodgement because yep. they're expected to do the armoured fighting, and to soak up... That is the plan, the Matador's cape, to soak up the armour on the, on, the, on the right flank, and the British are given... Left flank, rather, and the yeah. British are given that job. Yeah, base from which it's launched. Yeah. All three well, yeah, gonna, but you can't take credit for the fact it's launched from the UK. Of can. Well, well, because we weren't going to launch it from Iceland, were we? No, I know, but... That would be a silly thing to do. No, no, of course, but I'm just <laughs> That saying, would be know. a top-five blunder. <laughs> Along with Pycrete. Yeah, Pycrete. <laughs> oh, I love the idea of Pycrete. I've got a frightfully good idea. If Pycrete had worked, we'd all be wanging on about it, wouldn't we? But it, it didn't. Um, <laughs> I just love the idea of a sawdust and ice aircraft carrier. <laughs> did they, did they try it? I don't know. It's just bonkers. It's a thing. It? It's always. It's sort of every five Panacea years. Panacea mongers. Yeah, exactly. Every five years, it's in. It's in a newspaper going. The most amazing thing revealed. Pycrete. Yeah, I know. You. Told us five years the ago. Sure, and just discovered a bit of unfrozen, <laughs> unfrozen thawed pikecrete <laughs> in Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> pikecrete found on butcher's floor <laughs> in Reykjavik. Uh, uh, yeah. In Reykjavik. Yeah. Um, so you're so D Day. You're saying? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. I would go further. I would say the Battle of Normandy. I think uh, the whole. I would say the whole thing. Yeah, all right. And I would well, say first of August. You know, Americans sort of take over, don't they? But yeah, but 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 but. The, the, the that phase of the you know of the liberation of Europe, which is the, and that's the decisive battle, and you've you yep. you cocked that up, and that that is, and the the British, I mean all the criticism of the British that's so baked in that they're you know and we've talked about this before they're too slow or or they're too cautious well or not fast enough well faster than what slower than what 
yeah. um, in, the, in the circumstances and given the entire philosophy of trying... Yeah, but they didn't do a great big deep battle and sort of, you know, throw no. everything in and have mass slaughter. No, cause, because, because, you can't, because you can't do that. No. Because you're a Western democracy. And you, you're you hand, it's a your citizen people. army and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I would, I, would go, I would say not just D-Day, but the Battle of Normandy itself. The whole okay. thing, yeah, the no, whole show. All right, yep, I'm happy with that. Okay. Um, obviously, being a Brit here in England on a summer's evening, I'm very happy with that. Okay, and then what was number four? Is it Market Garden? Infall. <laughs> oh, sorry, Infall, yeah. Infall, yeah. Well, Britain's Greatest Battle, as voted for by people in the National Army Museum. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's a general store poll of the population, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's incredibly balanced. <laughs> Um, Not in any way partisan whatsoever, but, and with but, no modern bias at all. But it, you're including Kohima. It's the whole thing, isn't it? It's that, the whole the, big the, thing. The whole, yeah. That whole yeah, campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's just. I think what's interesting about it is it's, it's such a different battle to the one that British forces, Duke forces, traditionally fight. Yeah. And the whole idea about it is that you don't just beat the. The Japanese, you destroy the Japanese as much as you absolutely possibly can. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is a war of, you know, this is a battle of an of, of an intended annihilation um, against the Japanese 15th Army. And the idea about it is to, and, and it's, it's, it's really dangerous, because the idea is to is to have these outposts all, so, so you've got Imphal, which is actually not in Burma, it's part of the Burma campaign, it's not in Burma at all, it's actually in India. Yeah. It's in Manipur state as it is now. And it's in this sort of flat bit, but it's surrounded by hills and, and, and not mountains, but, but hills and, and jungle and all the rest of it, but there is this plain. And where there's a plain, obviously, you can have airfields, so that, that's, that's yeah. good because we've kind of got yeah. on top of that particular yeah. one. Um, so the idea is to is to have these outposts all around in a sort of ring around or, or kind of, sort of half ring around Imphal and take on the Japanese at these outer extremes, but then have a fighting retreat, which is just not part of the kind of British language, military language at yeah. all. And as you retreat, you attrit your enemy, you grind them down and you extend their supply lines. And then just as they're kind of within an inch of their target, Imphal, you massively resupply because you've got airfields around it, and then you counterattack and smash them and completely destroy them. And broadly speaking, that is what happens. But of course, there's all sorts of hiccups and things that go wrong and nearly go wrong yeah. and near disasters and all the rest of it. But it is an incredibly punchy plan. And that is completely devised by Slim and, uh, and, and supported by his senior commanders, all of which are largely forgotten today, but are really, really competent. I mean, you know... Montague Stopford, Punch Cowan, yeah. Frank Messervy, all, the, yeah. all these people, you know. Um, what if the Japanese resisted the temptation to engage with these boxes? Well, the, then it would because, have just... Because, it, because, you know, it, the, the Americans do a, do a similar thing. Well, the French do it at Dien Bien Phu, don't they? They build yeah. a big box, and the idea is that the, 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 the Vietnamese will come to them to fight, and you have a battle and you defeat them, yeah. and it doesn't work. And then the Americans do the same thing at Dien Bien Phu, where they, they build an enormous thing, and 101st Airborne are there, and, and the air cavalry are there, and the big idea is that the Vietnamese will turn up, and you'll have a battle and fight, and defeat them. And the Vietnamese don't, don't show up. Yeah. So what if the Japanese had, had you know, re, not succumbed to temptation? Were these, were these positions bypassable? You know, rather no, than, they're, no, they're absolutely not bypassable. They're, they're not bypassable. And, and, and that is the, that's the key to the whole thing, because if... The, if the, the Japanese can, can, can possibly stay in Burma, but if they want 
the jewel in the crown. If they if they actually do want well, India, if which any point, they do, any and, the, and the main Burma, reason, well, to to the, 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 the jewel for them is is not really India. It's destroying the airfields of Assam. Yeah. Because if you hold Burma, you then destroy the Burma Road, which means the Allies can't get into supplying, resupplying the the, the Chinese nationalists under yeah. under Chiang Kai Shek. But the alternative after that, the, after the fall of Burma, is the airfields of Assam, yep. where they're flying over the hump, over the Himalayas, yeah, and yeah. supplying them by air. But if you can take those, so you disrupt, you disrupt not only, you, so you, 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 well, then you potentially defeat, well, change well, everything. Exactly. Well, you change everything. So you, 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 you change the war in China and you change the war in India. So you, right. it's like a double whammy. Yes, it's a, it's a potentially a massive war-changing victory. Doesn't mean say they're not going to sort of that they they'll be able to hang on to those islands in the Pacific, but what it does mean is they might be able to defeat China, yeah. which might be enough because the only reason they've gone into kind of you know French Indochina and all those other places in the first place is because they haven't got yeah, they, they haven't won, they haven't won in China. So stuff, you know what do yeah. you do? So yeah. I, I don't think the Japanese can sort of avoid, avoid it. You know, at higher headquarters they're just saying no, 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 let's just hold Burma. But Mutaguchi, who is the commander of the 15th Army, the Japanese 15th Army, he's going no, 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 no. This is our, this is our potential. This is yeah. what we're going to do. So he's always going to go for it, and they can't stop him. Well, no, because he doesn't say that's what he's going to do. He uh -huh. just says, I'm going to attack him and get it and get those airfields, which right. would be really important. And, all right. and they go, yeah, okay, crack on that and, that, and that will help us to okay. save Burma. But then he goes, overreaches himself. Okay. Uh, and, the, and the plan for Burma, you know, the Slim's plan works an absolute treat. Yeah. Okay, so that's in file. And what was the fifth one? Well, I was going to say strategic so, air campaign. Strategic air campaign, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I just, you know, you think about, about, I mean, obviously that's a joint operation, but, but the British start it first and... You know, that it's the longest campaign of the war, isn't it? Well, or the Battle Atlantic. Well, yeah, but the Battle of yeah. Atlantic is won by 1943, isn't it? Right, I suppose, but yeah, all right. Yeah, it starts on the first, of, you know, first of September 1939. All right, off. okay. You but know, the, and I, and but, I would but, say that but, argue that that you know you can, you can forget about you know let's not argue well, about I was morals. Say, well, I was going to say, well, I was just that's exactly what I was going. So you, the controversy aside. The moral, yeah. the moral aspect of it all. Of, uh, you, 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 you just simply have to put that aside. And maybe, I, I mean, so. earlier on, I was, you know, I was doing this questions thing and talking about the idea of when the Second World War becomes like a, a piece of history. So you, you maybe are able to not get tangled up in the yeah, um, that question. But then, that, that, does that then also distance you from the Nazis' crimes? Although I'm not, I'm not saying that the strategic air campaign is comparable in that way but some people think it is some people think morally it sits in the same spectrum so so i mean you well, don't you don't mind that it, you, you you're saying it's you, it's the only way to skin the cat as it were well i think so i mean you know the the, the point about the strategic air campaign is the moment you give up the up fighting we'll stop bombing you yeah you know and they've made that absolutely clear right from the word go yeah and, and you know if you think about most wars i mean there are there are exceptions but most wars Generally, I mean, you think about the First World War. You know, why did the Germans surrender in, in November 1918? It's because they've run out of cash and they're not going to win. You know, by that argument, you could. I mean, I know you say Stalingrad, I say November 1941. But I mean, you know, the Germans are just not going to win. You know, by 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 the end of 1941, I can't see how they could possibly possibly win. Yeah, but you still needed. You, but you also still need a decisive battle for the for the message for the penny to drop, don't you? Because yeah, I mean, but, 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 but a pretty divisive revolutionary France is broke, um, and Napoleonic France is sort of broke. The entire before time, start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, before point. it even gets going, and, and they carry on anyway, because because yeah, okay, fair point. they're into it. 
But 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 there's no question is if you're destroying whole cities that that is not helpful to your war effort. No. In any shape or form. And that is also preserving helping to preserve the lives of your own young men whether they be American or Duke or yeah. or whatever. You know, so uh, uh, I mean I mean the mayhem in which Germany was left in 1945 by by the end of the war in 1945. I mean clearly that had a massive adverse effect on on the Germans' yeah. ability to protract the war. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at the amount of bombs that the Luftwaffe are dropping on London, for example, 18,000 tonnes in, in the entire war, I think it was, you know, which is a lot, but it's... That's an afternoon by it, 1945, isn't it? Yeah, right, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's best part of a million tonnes dropped yeah. of bombs dropped on Germany just by the RF Bomber Command alone, you know, that's yeah. before you even included the Americans from 15th, 15th Air Force and 8th Air Force. Okay, right, so those are our top five. Any, any suggestions from the floor? El Alamein, Battle of Malta. The, the tur yeah, there we go, you see. I like that, because that's like... Dieppe, important lesson, in crucial lessons learned. Well, I think the interesting thing about Alamein is, is that, you know, it's, it's, it's always seen as Monty who comes in and goes, there's going to be no more reverses. It was Monty. It wasn't, it was Alexander. No, it was Monty. Yeah, Alexander comes in ahead of Monty and he goes to Cairo and he gets very upset by what he sees and the, the terrible morale and he goes, right, we've got to have a, sim a simple message. The simple message is no more reverses which is then adopted by Montgomery for 8th Army and for obvious, very, very good reasons. And Montgomery absolutely grips it. There's no question about it. But, but Alexander grips it as well. You know, so it's, yeah. that, it's that twin effort, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, and suddenly there's a kind of, sort of, change of change at the top, different atmosphere. They both complement each other brilliantly. They're both bringing different things to the table. Yeah. But, but suddenly you've got a winning team. Yeah. And someone, I and mean, they never go backwards, apart from uh, apart from Dodecanese, uh, apart from Arnhem. And Montgomery is really interesting because he's a because he's a he is a deep thinker. He's he's a, you know, he he notoriously spent the interwar years talking shop, didn't he? Yeah. He, he was one of those people who would spit in for dig. Exactly, would insist on talking shop and was really really interested in um, how to make how to make things work. I mean, uh, so yeah. Uh, maybe Alamein, but then yeah, I go Alamein actually. And also, you finally you've broken the voodoo, the th the thing we talked about in you know 1941, where the Germans appear unbeatable under any circumstances, even when you outnumber them and know what they're going to do, they still def they still defeat you at Crete or at Tobruk. Uh, so right. I think Alamein might Alamein. All might right, but are you, are you putting that as just a, a sixth one because we're changing the rules, or are we going to bump one of the others off? I think, you know, D-Day, I mean, it's a bit over, over, overcooked, isn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe. maybe. Have you got a book out? Have you, have you written a book? Oh, no, let's not go there. Um, any other suggestions? Cecily 43, though. Is, um, yes, Cecily 43. Yes, there's, there's, it's on my email There's now. two two people there, one in a hat. Yes, Tunisia, the capture of the Axis arms in Tunisia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm talking about that tomorrow morning, so. So if you want to know more... Um, yeah, I think that, well, that's, maybe, that's yeah. pretty good, actually. I was thinking about it yesterday, actually. I hadn't really thought about it before, but I was thinking yesterday that actually the Germans, why didn't they, why did Hitler send them to Tunisia? Why didn't he just stuff them into southern Italy and, and Sicily? All those troops, those 250,000 troops and armoured troops. And why didn't they put them back earlier? Because you don't... Because you're Hitler and you can't... Because you're Hitler, you can't go backwards. Yeah. Your um, car doesn't have a reverse gear, does it? Um, and then there was someone just behind the fellow in the hat. Yep. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Enigma. No, evacuation of Dunkirk. Oh. Is, I'm, I'm going with a... Someone going, said no, Enigma. No, I'm, I'm going with my heckler. Enigma. Uh, evacuation of Dunkirk is a triumph. It is, but, you know, you don't win wars from evacuations. Well, actually, turns out you do. 
Because yeah. if we had not pulled that off successfully, and you go back to the psychological, political back things the garden, flying back around the garden in number 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, the gar- back garden number 10. Yeah. And I still think maybe Halifax thought well, it still may all go wrong, so I'll hold off for now. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I hadn't thought about that before, but actually I, I buy into that. Yeah, he's, he's thinking, well, you know, Churchill's, Churchill's unreliable. Come on, Edward. Exactly. Churchill's unreliable. He's, he's not got any backing in the Conservative Party no. at all. He's not clubbable. He doesn't know anyone. He doesn't have any party backing. He's pissed half the time. He's pissed half the time. He's also not head of the Conservative Party because Chamberlain still is. Yeah. And he, we- he doesn't point. take that job until Chamberlain dies. No. Until after Chamberlain dies and has to be told, has to be told he has to do it. He doesn't want to do it because he's not a I'm a bit of, of a liberal. Don't do impressions. Um, but Enigma... <laughs> I'll leave that to you. En- Enigma... No, we, we dealt with Enigma earlier. Um, uh, yes, in the, in the red baseball cap. Cartwright Jones in Where Eagles Dead is a masterstroke mm. of, British, of British human double cross. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take that. That's a week. This is a burgeoning top five now. It's got eight things in it. Uh, God, we were good, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Any more for any more? <laughs> the Great Escape... We're not talking about films. Okay, there's a big distinction. Okay, movie is one thing, and that's great, and we all enjoy them, but they're not reality. And then the, up there in the, sh- the very slick-looking gentleman in the shades, Lend-Lease. Yeah, but... Yeah, oh. okay. Okay, yeah, British yeah. Lend-Lease to the Soviet Union. Yeah, interesting. No, I know. Clinching the Lend-Lease deal. Do you yeah. mean that? Going to America and emitting... Well, the thing is, if, you know, if your neighbour's house is on fire... We're not the Americans, got a hose pipe. but they're not—they're not our neighbours. No, that's the thing. It, it, I think that's very good, actually. But aren't that that? Might, yeah, they might. We may have to bump some of his other ones for that. The British commissioning the Mustang in yeah. May 1940. Over there, the Piat or the Bailey Bridge. <laughs> yeah, British innovation. Someone sort brought. Of someone managed just, to bring just, up the just, Piat just, there. Just, Thank just, you. Yeah, no, that's very good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, sort of generic kind of British inventions in the Second World War. Yeah, the technological. Leaps and bounds. Yeah, I think you could you could argue that quite a lot. Okay, there's lots of that. Cavity Megatron. You know, I've never mentioned that before. You never talk about the Cavity Megatron. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think um, I think we we've got we've got our top five bl- uh, blunders and our top five triumphs. And it says times up on the screen, but that's never affected me before in my life. Um, <laughs> yes, the lady there, mincemeat. No, and no effect whatsoever. No effect whatsoever. It, yeah. pers- it, it, it dissuaded no one and persuaded no one. You haven't written a book about that, then? <laughs> no. But it's a really good one, and there's a film <laughs> coming out, apparently. <laughs> and, and, you know, Ben McIntyre's a yeah, bloody yeah. good bloke. I, so, James, James, if you had to pick one blunder and one triumph... I'll just put another um, log on the fire while you decide. Singapore's, Singapore, the, yeah. Singapore's, Singapore's the absolute the nadir. And yeah. also means that the Australians then go, all right. And the Battle of the Atlantic. OK. Right, there we go. There we go. Um, that, I think, is all we've got time for. Yeah, um, we've got histrionics to do as well. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining us um, and for that. your contributions and uh, questions and answers and um, insistence that Where Eagles Dare is, is canon. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you.